0: Is this thing on? It's time. Live from ABL Studios in beautiful downtown Lambertville, New Jersey. It's the Twin Town Podcast. With me, your host, Tony Artur. Episode three. Oh. Episode three. really excited to be back on the mic, back on the mic for episode three of the Twin Town Podcast. And I've got to tell you that the response to the first two episodes has been really great. Great support, enthusiasm, and encouragement from, uh, so many people and, uh, For our fantastic guests, Mr. Tommy Lear in episode one, the two Erics, Eric Lee and Eric Litz in episode two. Uh, Everybody got some uh, really positive feedback and makes me feel good about what we're doing here. I'm sure we'll have those guys on again. Today we're going to have a roving reporter, Ms. Heidi. He's going to be speaking to uh, Cindy Woodridge, who is a uh, longtime New Hope resident, uh, an art collector, and uh, knows a lot about New Hope history. She was married to Tom Galbraith, who was a great artist around here. Um, So, Cindy knows a lot about the area, about... The history of the buildings and the town, and Heidi's going to talk to her a little later on in the episode. But first, a word from our sponsor. Mmm, it's a beautiful morning, honey. I love bird watching with you. I love it too, honey. And I made your favorite coffee, it's from Folk City Roasters. Mmm, I taste cherries It's very rich and delicious And it sure has a lot of caffeine I'm getting, uh Woo! (laughs) Can barely hold my binoculars to watch the birds It's alright, honey Here, have another cup Mmm, so delicious I love Folk City Roasters And I love you too Folk City Roasters is a well-crafted, small-batch coffee sourced from farms all around the world. It's made right in Bucks County by a good friend, James Arnold, and it's available at Factory Girl Bake Shop. It's also available in bean form at Farley's Bookstore. So pick up a bag today and uh, ask your favorite restaurant if they carry Folk City Roasters. And if they don't, tell them they should. For more information, visit FolkCityRoasters.com. Here's Heidi Echternach of the New Hope Historical Society talking with Cindy Withridge. Just a few notes here. Um, when Cindy is referring to Adoram, I believe she means Zoli. And uh, Adaram was a popular clothing store in town, but I believe she means Zoli. And we start out the conversation and Heidi and Cindy are talking about the shoe lady who ripped out the roses around the house that Havana was built around. Uh, Nobody remembers the shoe lady's name. Uh, If you remember out there, drop us a line and tell us what you remember about the shoe lady. Uh, Anyway, it's a fast-moving conversation, and we're going to be posting some notes on the Facebook page just to keep you up to speed when Cindy and Heidi are talking about different artists, and it's easy to... um, to miss the name, so we're going to post some additional info on the Facebook page. Okay, here's Heidi and Cindy.
1: The original house that Havana is built around. Shoe Lady came, she threw out the Rose Gardens, made a parking lot, put in gravel. Oh my gosh. Then um, Shoe Lady came in, and then at some point B and Steve Kennerly came. And they took over the house and they started something that was the first organic food restaurant in New Hope called Sweet Emily's. Okay. And they had the bean sprouts and all of that right. and their salads. <laughs> um, and they, ex- they expanded to crafts and then they started going all over the country buying crafts and then they started a gallery called Spirit of the Earth that they rented the barn from Gene Nye on Nye Alley. Okay. And that became Spirit of the Earth. Oh. And they had, show. I have a lot of photographs from shows there. But they had continual shows. There might be a, well, they did a glass show every year, a wood show, a wearable show. Wow. That kind of thing. They they evolved that. They sold Don Gonzalez's glass. They sold um, a lot of local people's stuff. Then... Then they pulled back and I think at some point they built the addition on and they had the, the gallery there and then that became Adoram at okay. some point. And the, the Adoram people, when they gave up the shop, they went to Prague. Oh. And I don't know, they were back for Barbara Tompkins' funeral. I remember that. They come back periodically. Okay. That's where the name sounds yeah. familiar. But Adam had a there was a guy who did hair, Craig. Okay. And beautiful crafts from around the world. They you know, they really had a lot of things. Wow. You could always buy something different there. Wearable or jewelry or whatever. And then, and then, you know, it became Havana. <laughs> yeah, so the the progression Oh, my gosh. I can't believe... It's sort of interesting what all it went through. Because the shoe store... I I actually physically moved to New Hope in 1970. Okay. I started coming here in 65 because I moved out east in 65. Right. So, you know, I can remember coming to New Hope and going to the shoe store. Right. And she had fun shoes. I mean, you know, nice choices. Yeah. More modern, up-to-date. But that's what New Hope had then. They had clothes that were... Artier than they seem to have now and you had most of the the shop owners not all of them but a lot of them owned the building they were in okay so that made a difference in how new hope stayed open and closed during the winter You know, when you own your own building, if you want to close it and go to some warm spot for the winter, you can. Well, the Golden Pump operated year-round, but Pam Minford's would be closed for a couple of months in the winter. Logan Inn would close New Year's Day through February, sometimes March, and they would take big trips. You know, that's when Pam went to Egypt and Art and Carl went to... Vienna and you oh know that gosh. kind of thing, they'd be all over the place. Or they a lot of people went to the islands. One of them had a sign on it that told how far it was to New Hope. <laughs> Somebody had put up. And you always heard people talk, Oh, well, they went to Europe and they ran into so and so, right? In Paris or they ran into so and so in London. You know, it was like old home week. You know, all the New Hope people that were traveling. It's funny. And the artists, you know, like Bill and I would go to Mexico every year. And he would send letters. The Gazette would have his letters from Mexico. Oh, really? They yeah. would publish them? Yeah. That's fun. And sometimes there was, you know, bickering going on between him and some other artists. And, and that would all be done in the paper. They were fun. They're fun reads. But that's even, that's that was in the 50s, really. That's so fun. Yeah. But but we used to have breakfast at the, this was before Mother's, the right. Golden Pump, which we called the Golden Dump. <laughs> and it was next to the village store. Okay. So everybody, you know, coming to get their paper would usually stop in for a cup of coffee. Right. And, and you'd have the, you know, people that were the firemen and the policemen and, you know, workmen kind of thing. A couple artists now and then. It was fun, and then when mothers opened up, most you know, then you had table table number nine, eight, I don't know, eight or nine. That was the table. The table, yeah. Okay. And it would be people like Joe Crilly and Jack Rosen and uh, Elmer Case. Elmer Case lived in Lambertville, and he gathered weather data. He was one of those people that had a gauge in his yard, and he okay. would call up the. News people to let him know how much rain Lambertville had. Oh, my gosh. But he also built boats. Oh. Built beautiful boats. And Elmer and his wife, they were, his, uh, well, his son wrote a story about, in that book, Uh, New Hope, his son wrote a story about how many kids they could pile into the M.G. <laughs> <laughs> and one time they, they were going for breakfast on Mechanic Street at Mel's. And all the kids started piling out of the car. And oh, my gosh. I couldn't believe all these people had been in this. <laughs> car. Um, and that was like the challenge to yeah, see how many yeah. you could fit. Mel's was where Carlos is now on oh. Mechanic Street. And okay. Nails was really it was really made out of Viscaline. It I I I don't even know if the roof was permanent.
2: Oh really? Uh,
1: yeah. It was he had a little pot bellied stove. It was sort of a nook okay. in the space there. And the place got built around him. And then when, when Carlos went in, Tom did you know, those all those doors that fold yes. along the front. Yeah. Tom, oh, really? Tom did those, yeah. They're beautiful. Yeah, I think they've been redone a couple of times since. Those probably. are gorgeous. I always wondered about yeah. that. So when did Carlos go in? I don't know. I'd have to look at the scrapbooks. Okay. You know, for a time frame on that. Hmm. Um, well, Carlos. Before Carlos, it was the Apple. Okay. And the Apple was uh, John Byers and Bernard Bernard Raban who had redeveloped a lot of properties in town. Okay. Bernard was sort of the George Michaels of his period. We always seemed to have one person that would come in and do just a lot of renovating. Dan Shapiro was another one. Right. Uh, I don't know. Some buildings would disappear. Others would <laughs> appear. And then you're... You know, the people cooking also had an influence on the town. Oh, sure. You know, who the various chefs were. Right. And, or the people who had restaurants. You know, yes. That made a difference.
2: It's a huge restaurant culture yeah, here.
1: Yeah. But there was a point in time where you couldn't get a liquor license unless somebody gave one up. Right. And then, um, I think it was late 60s when New Hope was declared a, desor- uh, a resort area. Yes. Yes. And then liquor licenses opened up. Oh, I see. Because they could have more per capita. But up to that point in time, you you held a fortune in your hand if you had a license. Wow. And there were very few. There were Pam Minford, Logan Inn, Harry Markey. Okay. And it was, uh, Markey's Tavern, and Bears. Mm. Those were the four. Okay, and that was it? That was it. Wow. Yeah.
0: You're listening to the Twin Town Podcast. Sponsored by Folk City Roasters. Please like us on Facebook, subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform, and tell a friend. Now back to our interview with Cindy Woodridge and Heidi Echternach.
2: when did you guys move here?
1: To this property? Yeah. 76, year of the bicentennial. Bicentennial was interesting because we started planning for that about 1972 or 3. Oh really? Yeah. Al Bodei was mayor and decided that we should really think about this long and hard because we foresaw a lot of visitors because of our proximity to Washington Crossing Park. Right. It was gonna be an overflow and we were sure everybody in the world during the bicentennial would come to Philadelphia, Washington's crossing. crossing you know, yeah that kind of thing. New hope, yeah. We so we knew there'd be a lot of visitors. And we set up all kinds of committees. We had the committee for memorabilia and we did the the artel plate. We did a Bick Lighter There were four or five items. Okay. And then we made them available to all the stores in town. You know, they could place their orders for things for the Bicentennial. I see,
2: right. Mm -hmm.
1: We did a big to-do when we got our Bicentennial flag. We had, you know, state senators here, and we gave them a barge ride, and we had a little, you know, tea and coffee and and drinks at the Logan Inn. Wined Um, and
2: dined them, showed them the best of town.
1: We... As part, as part of that whole thing, New Hope received the grant from the National Endowment for the Arts. Mm -hmm. That was when we applied for that. That was called uh, City Spirit, and we were the smallest community in the United States to get one of those grants. It was fifty thousand dollars. Oh my gosh! And we had to uh, match it. Uh, We used a lot of Jack Rosen's photographs to show what we did in the arts, that kind of thing. Borough Hall was on North Main Street then, so it was before they did the steps up to the second level, so that there were these big garage doors where the trucks were. Okay. We we had a, a, a sort of a desk built, and that's where we stood when we helped uh, tourists with information. Mm-hmm. We gave out, you know, all kinds. Of, this was before the uh, information center right before the bathrooms that kind of thing yes it was fun but that was that was when we were counting money for the police department (laughs) too he was something
2: (laughs) kept you out of trouble right Right, oh we'll just help the police
1: (laughs) but uh, well we did get a lot of visitors but but it wasn't you know it wasn't anything like we thought. And even back then, we were talking about the parking problems in New Hope. We oh, tried to gosh. get people interested in building a parking garage. Yeah, you know, a three-story parking garage. Well, nobody went for it. No. But you know, we had land picked out and everything. Oh my gosh! You know, we did all the the research behind it. Talked about having a jitney service or yes. you know, some sort of trolley car. Or something. Same
2: conversations are yeah.
1: still. <laughs> I, I know. Well, they're still, they're still doing it. Uh-huh. And, you know, the high school parking lot yeah, was, yeah. was center of attraction. Yeah. And that was where you still had areas of town that didn't have parking meters. But those areas, I mean, well, back here was one of them. It would be parked up by 7 o'clock on a Saturday morning by all the people that worked in the shops. Right. <laughs> Some things never change.
2: Some things never change. Some things yes.
1: don't. But because we had to match the, the funding of the grant, Union Camp was still in operation. They gave us all the paper we could use, big oh, wow. rolls of brown paper. They gave us office equipment. You could do in-kind matching. We did a, a pie-throwing contest. We had all the council members oh as my the targets gosh. and the mayor. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was held in the parking lot down at the Playhouse. Oh, wow. we got photographs of that. That's
2: like the dunking, the yeah. dunk tank at John and Peter's. They right. do
1: that. Right.
2: And they dunked the
1: mayor. Yeah. But everybody, you know, everybody was getting involved. We were having a good time. Right. And that was when we did some really big outdoor art festivals. Though the first outdoor craft festival of any size was one that Alan Rockwell, Tom Galbraith, Rita Chesterton and myself started back in, might have been as early as 1970 or 71. Wow. I remember Don Gonzalez was at a card table selling his glass, you know, wine glasses for something like $5 a piece. Oh my gosh. I I don't think you could touch them for $50 a piece. Yeah, was he from here? He lived in Surgeonsville. Okay. That's where he still lives. If you ever want to take a glass blowing course, go or there. A, um, he's showing people how to how to do glass in uh, sand casting. Oh, it's really interesting. But he's giving he gives workshops throughout the year. Yeah, you know, there were a lot of things going on. Tom and I back then used to do one art show a year in. In a gallery and then every once in a while we do something special, like when Court Butterfield died. Okay. We did a show but we used the Golden Door Gallery, which you know, the Historical Society's building. Right, okay. Um Mary Gardner was running it then. I remember you talking about her <clears throat> before, yeah, yes. Yeah. We 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 had the art show and then we had opera. At okay building, where the art center is now, right. So we had a lot of things going on in town that were in conjunction with that show because we made a weekend out of it. Wow! Did he show primarily
2: his sculptures, or what was he primarily? What did you? Court primi-
1: Butterfield was a painter.
2: I mean, your husband.
1: Oh my husband! Yeah,
2: all did kinds of things. All kinds of yes. things.
1: Yes, yeah. I mean, he never showed furniture though. He was building furniture, right? But and actually, in shows, it was usually, usually paintings.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Maybe yeah. I mean, he did one sculpture in uh, for Mica that oh, was right. like a praying mantis. Oh I my think gosh! That was in a show. And well, in later years, some of the wood stuff that he did was right. in shows. Yeah. But usually paintings. And we usually, you know, he. He liked to help his friends out too, so there was, you know, there were usually a few artists involved, not just him.
2: Right, all working together. Yeah. And who was the other you mentioned? Court.
1: Court Butterfield. Butterfield. He was a colorist. Okay. That was the memorial show that we did with the opera. Oh, same. Combination because Court had been a charter member of the New York Opera Company. Okay. Which was run by David Montefiore who at one point had been had grown up in this area. David's, I think, now in Arizona. He's retired out there. You know, he was involved in, in New Hope at one point in time. Then the other big in-memoriam show we did was the one for Harry Rosen. Okay. Now, you know who he, he is. He did Grace Kelly's dad as a rower. Okay. And he did the Connie Mack statue from philadelphia okay Mm -hmm. did the puritan and the pilgrim did a wonderful sculpture for the children's hospital that got stolen oh was a mother and child the mother had the child on her hip child was maybe year and a half two years old and she was swinging around and her hair was flowing out a beautiful little piece got stolen a year after he died But Harry used to say you weren't really an artist until something was stolen. (laughs) It was funny. Um, But he taught at the academy, you know, and and, at the same time he was just a down-to-earth guy. He would have coffee at the Golden Pump, and he judged the, the children's art. Oh, he just did all kinds of things. He judged the, the Halloween contest over in Lambert. They gave out prizes years ago. One year he couldn't do it, and he asked Tom and I to do it. And that was the year Tom Poston. Okay. Did it. But it was really funny. We're sitting on the judge's stand, and I'm looking at Tom Poston, and, and he finally looked at me kind of funny. He said, "Do I know you?" And I said, "We used to work together." And he said, "We did." And I said, "I said, yeah, Dana Burton Westerland on Wall Street." And he said, "Oh my God, I can't believe it." Oh my so, gosh! Yeah, we we were kind of laughing about that. The bump bump into each <laughs> yeah, other from yeah. the big city in this little yeah, teeny yeah, town, right? But that's. The way things work, small world. Yeah, is fun, but a lot, a lot of good people. Yeah, Joe Crilly was another one that we showed with a lot. Bill Nye, or not Bill Nye, um, a, a brother. Mm-hmm. Barnes. bye ran off by. Uh-huh. Aha! <laughs> okay,
2: you got it. I better than me. I there's so much to learn. <laughs> so many Uh, names and people come in and out throughout the town well they disappear they disappear
1: I'll
2: take a little water sure
0: you're listening to the Twin Town Podcast a podcast celebrating the arts culture music history food people and overall community of New Hope PA in Lambertville New Jersey Episode 3 brought to you by Folk City Roasters. Well-crafted small batch coffee roasted right in Bucks County, sourced from around the globe. Now back to Heidi Eckernock and her conversation with Cindy Woodridge. Well,
2: you were just so fun to talk to cuz I you you make me see the world from that time and yeah and i just i can see you having coffee and all of these artists around and all of this this life that is just sounds so fun of course we think our lives aren't that interesting but But then looking back you know it's something too but all that you know is just incredible
1: I went to uh, John and Peter's the other night. Oh, did you? Yeah, we went down to, to hear uh, Anita. Yeah, for the but, comedy show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, John actually came. I- um, we had a booth reserved for him, and we were right opposite.
2: Oh, but nice. Jenny oh, I'm I, sorry. I missed Jenny you. and
1: I went down early because we had hamburgers. But Anita did a... She was the best one. Was she really? I didn't think the others were that funny. These guys, yeah, I didn't think they were that funny. And I was actually offended by one of them. He got me kind of ticked off. Right. Because he, he made a derogatory comment about the piece of Phil Powell, that stained glass piece in the back of the. Oh, Yeah. That, why would you do that? Go to a place where obviously this is treasured by somebody, otherwise it wouldn't be hanging up. And then and, say and that. And then make some stupid-ass comment about Yeah, it. I, I was kind of irritated. Yeah. <laughs> but she was funny. She's got a low-key, I'll tell you, low-key wit. Yeah. Do you know Anita?
2: I and just, I remember them talking. They said, oh, John's here to see Anita. And she was on Friends or something. Cheers. Cheers.
1: Her friends. I don't. Know. I don't know. One, one of the two. One of
2: the two. And then one of the guys was like, "Oh, she's here," and I was like, "Okay, this is a big deal." She's a, she
1: was a real good friend of Jim Woolsey's. Ah. Uh, I mean, oh. And she was a bartender at John and Peter's. Oh, really? Years and years. Oh ago. my yeah. gosh. So I mean, it was a big deal. Yeah. 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 When yeah. I mean, she was married to Tyndall, T.J. Tyndall. Oh, okay. So she's got the music connections as well. So oh my comedy. gosh! But she's well known enough that she did the uh, Joy Behar, who's one of you. Yes, did a show in Las Vegas a couple of years ago, and Anita did the lead in. Oh for wow! Before she came on, huh. so you know she's of that caliber. She
2: she's up there. Yeah, the stained glass in there is I. You always see something new every time you go. Yeah. You know, in the ceiling, I love those. Who did those?
1: I don't know, I'd have to look at them.
2: Yeah. In the ceiling. Yeah, there's stained glass in the ceiling that lights up. And it's not always lit. Sometimes it's lit, sometimes it's not. It's probably the reason I haven't paid any attention. Because sometimes I notice it and sometimes (laughs) I don't. I don't (laughs) know.
1: How are they doing? I think they're doing okay. I
2: think they are too. But I think I think they're doing well. They're yeah. everything seems to be Cripper going. Cribber
1: seems to be real up about it. Yeah, and, you know that's what I'm closest to. Yeah, so. well he's a
2: sweetheart. Yeah, and they fixed they got a new rug for wow. the stage, mm-hmm. and then they're fixing that floor part. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you do a little bit at a time. A little bit at a time. Have to whittle away at it.
2: But I love that they. You know they're doing the right thing with it and they put the money into the music and the, you know, making sure that that was stable and good and um, so they had a big weekend. Chris Harford was out and then the next night was Guy Heller and his band. They they were packed all weekend. It was a big one. I
1: haven't seen Guy in a while. So that was fun. He was having some difficulties back then.
2: I think he's Out of that, yeah, he's with a nice girl in
1: town, makes a difference, yeah. Yeah. So, catch up on all the dirt.
0: That's gonna wrap it up for episode three of the Twin Town Podcast. I'd like to thank Heidi Echternach of the New Hope Historical Society for interviewing Cindy Woodridge long-time New Hope resident, arts community member. If anybody out there remembers the name of the shoe lady, please give us a call. Drop us a line. And the comedian they were speaking about in the final segment is Anita Wise. Terrific comic, great person, got her start in the New Hope area. And that's it. Until next time, I'm your host, Tony Artur. Please remember, some things never change. BBL Studios, all rights reserved. This has been episode three. See you next time. It was a birth-